All right, guys, we are back with a new sound advice just for you guys. I'm excited. I'm Nick, and here is Justin. How you doing, Justin? Hi, I'm Justin. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Nick, did you get any snow? I did. I got. Which we we both live in the south, so snow is like one of those rare occurrences. Unless it was last year and this year, <laughs> usually it's like no. It's um, I got I got some really good snow pictures, and so if you'll if you'll go ahead and, and get started, I'm going to see if I can find the pictures real quick, and I want to show everybody the cool pictures I got of uh, of the snow in my backyard. Oh, Pacific Northwest, go. they probably have snow. We we got snow. We built a little tiny snowman. He was like this big, and I think he's already melted away. <laughs> go, oh, here we go. Well, I'll go ahead and uh, share it, and I'll share the screen. We were all singing Frozen. Do you want uh, yeah. to build a snowman? So, um, you know, I live in the south and we just don't get a lot of snow in the south. And so when we get snow, it's a big deal. It's already melted. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's already gone. The school's, school's going to go in session tomorrow. There's a little snow left on the ground still. But the it covered the trees with ice first. And then all the snow stuck to that ice. And this is, uh, this is my backyard here. Um, and it... Um, it, it really was a spectacular uh, look this morning when the sun hit those trees and just kind of looked like, oh, it looked good. It was really, really impressive. Regular guy audio said seven inches of snow with negative 20 wind chill. Um, if it ever gets that cold here, it's Armageddon and the world is going to come to an end. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm gone. <laughs> I lived in uh, central Illinois for a while and, and I remember getting that cold and seeing that much snow. And I'm glad I live back in the South. My, my thin Southern blood does not like the cold weather. And we haven't said this yet. So happy new year, everyone. Cause it's 2022. If you haven't indeed noticed. happy new year. Hope everybody had a, a Merry Christmas or a pleasant holiday season, whatever holiday you celebrate. Um, they're all good. Celebrate what you want to, but, so uh, regular, but Merry Christmas. Oh, abstract acoustics just picked a new table saw. Awesome, man. And regular guy audio says Iowa is crazy. And I lived in Illinois and it is. And there's a lot of things that's crazy about because when you get snow in Illinois or Iowa, doesn't matter. It's all flat land, right? And it, mm -hmm. where we lived, it was windy. And so you got snow drifts and they were high because the snow, I mean, there's nothing to stop it, right? It just kept going and going. Well, until something stopped it. And then, <laughs> then you got these crazy drifts and the dr yeah, had, the drifts. Yeah, and we had the lake effect, and oof, I did I did not like that. But uh, I, I mean, I'm actually, curious, I liked it when I was a kid because we snow skied and stuff. But now that I'm older, uh, I don't want to deal with. So uh, abstract audio, what kind of table saw did you get? I'm curious to know because I like table saws. They're fun and dangerous. And while he's getting back to us, I just want to say this to you guys. All right, what we're going to be talking about today is trends in audio that we like and don't like actually trends in audio that we love and hate because there are some that we absolutely hate in audio they're trending they suck let's just be honest and i don't want them and hopefully they go away <laughs> uh, although i doubt i doubt it is so let's go ahead and talk robbie is always having internet problem i'll tell you what man his internet it's is a, lagging a, it's a ryobi Excellent. Good, oh, good right. solid starter starter saw. So oh for 140 bucks. That's great. Oh, yeah, that's a deal. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a table saw anywhere under $150, I don't care really what it is. It's a good deal. Excellent. All right. So we we decided we're gonna start talking about 
car audio first. And we're going to be talking about car audio. We're going to be talking about home audio. We're just going to be talking about DIY audio too in general. We're talking about all kinds of things. But we're going to start with car audio. And we're going to in particular start with what is probably the most important equipment in your car audio. Because if you don't have it, doesn't matter what else you have because it's not going to work, <laughs> which is your head unit. So uh, we talked about a whole bunch of trends that we saw in the head units that we absolutely hate. Just why don't you start us off with one of the things that you hate or love about a trend in the new car audio head unit. So I've been, um, <laughs> I've got a, I've got a pioneer head unit sitting on the workbench downstairs. I'm going to put in my eldest child's car and it has no volume knob. And so the, you know, we went to touch screens and we lost our volume knobs. It's probably going to be okay since it, the car does have volume controls on the steering wheel, but I'm just so used to the feel of a volume knob. I like to reach over and just twist it. I don't know. Maybe I'm just weird. Maybe it's a fetish, but, uh, uh, but I hate to see the volume knob disappear. Now you can still get a volume knob. You just got to upgrade and pay extra for it. Well, it's, you know what? A lot of the aftermarkets have no volume knob on them anymore. Um, and you know what they've sacrificed, I noticed, is a lot of them, especially if you're looking at the aftermarket like Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, things like that, they've sacrificed screen size for volume knob. So they want a bigger mm -hmm. screen. And in order to get you that bigger screen, they either they put like little small physical buttons on the buttons. bottom somewhere. Yeah. And and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily unless you have to like turn it down really fast. And then you're like, Ugh. like you're, you're back on your Nintendo NES back in the day when you're trying to like beat a boss and you're like tapping A real fast. You're like, hey, I mean, it's just crazy. So uh, I, I'm not a fan of the buttons and I'm and I'm definitely not a fan in fact, I hate the trend where there's no buttons on it, where it's just touchscreen. That's yes, the worst. Yes, just touchscreen. Yeah, that is the worst. And, so I, and it seems they like need to most fire whoever. Don't you think they need to fire whoever thought that was a great idea? Hey guys, let's just get rid of all the buttons. We'll just. It looks like most of the people in the chat seem to agree with this here. Uh, now, as far as trying to turn it down quick, there should be a mute button, right? But where is it? <laughs> it's one of those little bitty pictographs on those little tiny buttons on the edge of the screen is the mute button. I don't know. No, it, it's getting ridiculous. It really is. I mean, I love the fact that with the software, you can do so much more with them. Like my car radio, I mean, I can watch YouTube on it. I can do all kinds of cool things on it. But missing that potentiometer to turn up the volume? No. I, I'm. So they, someone needs to figure something out. Even if it's an add-on, I would pay extra for the add-on where I could put it somewhere separate in my car. It doesn't have to now go that would be That would be cool. You know what, what you can do? Um, I don't know how, how, how <laughs> if you want to go this route, but you could, for example, go with an external DSP that has the controller and that has the volume knob that can be set up as a base knob or a volume knob. And I want to say both mini DSP and um, audio control their knobs can be configured to be a, a master volume or or a bass knob. So you could, for example, have a bass knob on your subwoofer amplifier and uh, and then use a master volume off of your DSP, and then you could have them both right there. Yes, but that brings us to another problem and something, another trend that we both hate, right? I, I hate lots of trends. Which one are you talking about? We talked about 20 minutes about crap we hated before we got online, so I'm not sure which one you're standing for. It's true, he is. <laughs> The complex factory radios and how hard it is to change that out. Oh, God. Yes. I mean, I, 
I think it's cool that factory uh, systems are trying to add, you know, they've been doing it for years in luxury cars, amplifiers and stuff, external ones. That's all great. But now that everything's a touchscreen and your air conditioner controls are inside of your, your same <laughs> thing as your, as your radio controls, uh, what the heck? Yeah, now you, you have you can't, like, re- you can't replace it. What's no. up, Thomas? What is up, Thomas? Hey, guys, a lot of you guys have said, what's up, man? It's good good to talk to you. And Abstract Audio also said, like, a factory head unit from Ford. Ford is, like, one of the worst now because they have that sync system in it. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. I, well, sync system's okay. I, I don't love the sync system, but it's it can be good. The problem with it is when you want to change it out, you now have to buy like extra, like you have to buy your radio and an extra piece of equipment that goes back there, which is like the same cost as the radio. Right. To be able to just get, I mean, it's just, and someone else mentioned like Tesla's reverses on the touchscreen too. Like Tesla, you forget it. You're not changing anything on the Tesla. So don't even assume that you're going to change. I think if I'm not mistaken, there's certain, well, I know I'm not mistaken. There's certain things that you cannot change on a Tesla, and if you do it, you avoid the warranty. Okay, everyone talks about how good the radio is on a Tesla. Um, I've got a coworker who has one, and uh, I went for a spin in his Tesla. He showed me how fast it was, how he could drive itself. He turns the radio up, and um, it was clean. It was loud. It had really good staging, but it didn't have any bass. And, you know, Justin, he's all about that bass. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, you need, you need a big subwoofer and a big enclosure to make bass. So then I showed him my, my truck and was like, just when I had that kicker 12 sitting in there and, you know, you can feel it from outside the truck. So. Yeah, it's, it, it's true. And I, I hate to say, like, I feel like we've talked so much about things that we hate already. Like we're 10 minutes in and we've talked about only things that we hate. And that's because honestly, the new car, Edward, there's a lot to hate about them. There really is. And, and they're trends and they're probably not going away. So we're going to end up probably having to figure out a way to live with them. But there is at least one car audio head unit trend that we do like. And that's Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. Absolutely. So why don't Absolutely. you talk a little about that? Yeah. I love the idea that I can take my phone, plug it into the charger, put the phone away so I'm not out tempted to do things with the phone I shouldn't be doing and have my map and have my music and the ability to to speech to text and stuff like that, you know, hands free. I think it's a good safety feature and having a teenage driver, it's nice to know that um, looking forward to knowing that he can have a map and not to have his phone out in his hand because with the phone's in your hand, you're going to be tempted to do everything else the phone can do. It's so funny. I saw this lady today and she was driving a newer car. It was probably a couple of years old, but you know, some of the cheap new cars still have really car- like they only have Bluetooth in them. And I don't understand that. Like every new car should have Bluetooth in them. I, I don't care if you're buying a $13,000 car brand new and she still have Bluetooth in it. Bluetooth is like a $5, not even $5 for these guys. So it's crazy. But maybe, maybe the car did have Bluetooth. They just didn't know how to use it. I don't think so, but I've, she was holding. She, she was holding her phone up to her because, you know, it's in it, in the l- lower states. It's illegal to talk on your phone like this, like next to your ear. So she's holding her phone up to her mouth like this, driving with like one hand. And I'm like, that's oh, illegal, yeah, that's too. That's not hands free. I I completely agree. But that doesn't mean she wasn't doing. It. But she was driving like oh, I'm like, you got to be kidding me, guys. It's just get a Bluetooth adapter. You can get one on uh, right. Amazon for like nothing that plugs into your auxiliary. Just what are you doing? Like, I don't know. 
anyway, but we love Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. I do too. And one of my favorite features of Android Auto is when I plug it in, and you've mentioned this too, when I get a text message, because for whatever reason nowadays, um, and maybe it started when I was younger, because when I was younger, the phone would ring. Me and my sisters would race to see whoever could get to the phone first because, you know, we had one phone. Everyone picked it up and it was never for me. But, you know, if it was, I still would race to it and be like, oh, hey. Um, and for whatever reason, even when you get a text message, you you want to know what it says. You just want to know what it's And with Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, it'll say, you got a new text message. Would you like me to read it? And I'll be like, yes. And it'll say, you got $5 off at Panera. Would you like to come in visit us now? And I'll be like, what the heck? I don't want to visit you. But yeah. <laughs> At least someone remembered me. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. And, and that's what, we have a natural tendency to when something dings to go look at it. It's, it's a Pavlovian response. We've been trained to go answer the telephone. The reality is we don't need a telephone in a car. It's not a safe thing. Text messaging in a car, being able to watch a video in a car, not, not good at all. El Fuego. Okay. So, you know, my wife has a, has an Android auto head unit in her vehicle. And that's what I told her. I told her, look, you need this. You need the backup camera. Got that installed. And now she's like, how did I ever live without this? And, you know, she's not, you know, she, I, I still can't talk her and let me put a subwoofer in the darn thing. Um, but one day I will, uh, she can't stop me. Eventually she's going to show up one day and not have room for groceries. You know, I guess that's another trend. Well, that's not really a trending car. I just trending car is backup cameras. I, I have a backup camera on my car, too. I don't really care for it. The only time I like it is when I'm towing a trailer because I can leave it on the screen and I can watch my car go back there every once in a while. I can look down and make sure it's not flying away. But uh, it's not like I keep my eyes on the cargo. That'd just be stupid. But yeah. Yeah, that's handy. Being able to be, have a switch or something where you can turn it on. Uh, I know they, they. You can add multiple cameras to some some radios, and you can uh, aim a camera at your hitch. All right, like the gooseneck hitch in the bed of a truck or something, so you can just use the camera to back it up. So that's always handy. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know what's also cool too is when you get those text messages when you're driving, is for it to read you, uh, read it to you, and you realize how many people actually um, are using voice text. Because it'll come back saying something that sounds very similar to what they meant to say, but not what they meant to say. <laughs> like, you see, that's that's funny because Nick and I do that all the time whenever we're doing our, our messaging, usually with the yeah. with the Facebook Messenger app. Uh, I never type anything when I'm on my phone. I talk and I look I look at the messages I sent to people and it's like, oh shit, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we both been there. I didn't mean that, Nick. Um <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I hope he didn't mean that, but all right. <laughs> all right. There's one uh, you mentioned before that I want to make sure we talk about because we might oh, no. disagree a little bit. Uh, you say that you don't like the fact that it's getting harder to find a CD player in a head unit. I do. Well, here's the deal. When you buy a new CD player, it's almost <clears throat> a new CD. See, I even called it a new CD player. When you, when you buy a new head unit, it's almost standard that you're not going to have a cd player in it anymore and i don't like that for a couple of reasons and i do i don't really listen to cds so it doesn't bother me that much but i know a lot of people that do and have a huge collection so 
I understand why they don't like it. And it is a trend that isn't going away. CDs are CDs are gone for the most part. I've, I've got a couple that I like to listen to, um, you know, just because some things I want to make sure I've got CD quality because when I'm streaming Bluetooth, I don't have good quality. So I know if there's something I want to listen to and I want to make sure I'm getting that uh, good, good CD quality, I'm going to use the CD player. Now, one advantage to the elimination of the CD player is you can now get thinner or, or shallower head units. So they don't stick into the dash as far, That's which is really handy because when you're integrating into a vehicle with backup cameras and, you know, lockouts on the reverse and stuff you've, uh, and, the, and the parking brake, you, you've got this big, massive bundle of wires back there. And so you have extra space to put your wires. So um, that's the only real advantage to, to losing the CD player. No, then that makes a good point. Um, I always liked them when they were like a double din unit, but only like only a little bit went in. I, I don't know if you ever saw those, but like half oh, yeah. of it was empty behind it. And then it was just a double din. That was always nice Look because I, I had some cars where I stuffed that CD player in, man. And I could, I was like, <laughs> I was putting some pressure on that thing. I thought I was giving it, uh, you know, like the, what do you call it? Like CPR. Yeah. Like, yeah. Compressions, com chest compressions, <laughs> chest compressions. I'm like, just get in the hole. <laughs> That's what that she doesn't said. sound right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Mechless Bobby Burkett says, uh, what an advantage uh, you mentioned the kind of the oddball shape because the CD drive would stick out. If you were to crack open an older uh, doubled in unit, you'd see half of it. It didn't anything in it. Right. I mean, cause the drive would take up the top or the bottom, you know, that's it. Now there is an advantage as well because the uh, so one of the CD uh, one of the radios that I recently reviewed actually has USB ports where you can actually hook up hard drives to it. Now there's a couple of reasons for it. One is to record your front and rear cameras that are going on. A lot of people are doing that for traffic stops. They're doing it for accidents. A lot of good reasons to do that. The other thing though is you can actually put your music on there, so you can take your CD collection, put it on. And I mean, even a flash drive now, I mean, you can get what, right. 128, 256 gigs almost on like a little flash drive now. It just, it's just amazing. It yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just a lot more work to get it going. So it's, you didn't necessarily lose it, but it, it is one of those things that if you care about the quality of sound, it's going downhill mm -hmm. and that's the same for home. So in home, what we do that, we call it streaming, right? Netflix. Voodoo, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, uh, Dis Disney Plus, Discovery Plus. I mean, I could go on for days. HBO, I mean, I could go on for days, right? Here's the problem. It is all compressed. Mm -hmm. Every single... The, some people say, well, you can get Dolby Atmos. Well, that's fine, but it's Dolby Digital with the Atmos channels built in. It is still a compressed signal. The only way you're getting uncompressed audio is Blu-ray and 4K. And guess what? It stopped being sold in a lot of stores. Blu-ray and 4K. Best Buy's getting rid of it. You know, Target's gotten rid of most of their stuff. I mean, it's just finding it harder and harder and harder to find. And so if you care about really good quality sound, the trend is to ditch it for convenience. Yep. I can remember um, 
oh, it's probably oh, it was probably 15 years ago now, maybe 12 years ago, back when the Blu-ray versus HD DVD war was still on and, and one hasn't hadn't won the day yet. And I was discussing with some people, which one should you get? And my response was, neither. I'm going to wait until all my movies are on a hard drive. Now, what I didn't realize is they, they, that, that it wouldn't all go to a hard drive. It would all go to streaming. So I thought that I would be able to buy them, download them, put them on a hard drive. I'm pointing to my computer that's off screen and be able to stream it across my house, off my Ethernet. Um, oh, yeah. And, and I'm just doing like that right now, actually. Right. And just have everything sitting physically. I'd own it. I would have ripped it off of the DVD player or the or the Blu-ray or whatever. And it would all be on a hard drive or downloadable content. Um, I just didn't realize it would stream instead of download. So I kind of missed the mark on what was going to happen. But, you know. I bought a Blu-ray player because my old school DVD player died and you couldn't buy an old school DVD player. That's the only way I upgrade to a, to a Blu-ray. So what I've done, and I've done something a little bit different because I do care about audio quality, but I also like convenience because there's kind of a, a little bit of both. So I have all my, these are 4K Ultra HDs. This is uh, Shang-Chi and this is Venom. I have a bunch of others. I think right here I have, what is this? Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom. And then I've got a bunch here. And the reason why they're all around my desk is because I have put them all on my computer and onto my my uh, I have a, a hard drive. here. It's not it's a couple hundred. Thank you, David. David gave us said Happy New Year. He gave us a nice super chat. Ten dollars. He said hit that like button. And David is one of the reasons why we're back on the air. So you guys really need to thank him as well. So I'm putting all these on my hard drive and I'm using Plex. Are you familiar with Plex? Yes. Yes. So I'm using Plex. Now, here's the deal. You can stream Plex about anywhere. You can stream it with Roku. You can stream mm -hmm. it with your phone. Problem with Roku, which I didn't know when I first got into this, is something that you guys might want to know. It only streams Dolby Digital Sound. So it won't give you like your... It can also do PCM, but it won't do like your Dolby True HD. It won't do your gotcha. Atmos. It won't do... In order to do that, you really need to get something with HDMI pass-through. And the best one out there that I know of is the NVIDIA Shield. And so mm. I got myself an NVIDIA Shield hooked up now, and now I can stream my movies in 4K all across the house and in the audio quality. So original video, original audio quality, and still have the convenience. So you're using an NVIDIA Shield as your streaming device. I am, yeah. So they have NVIDIA Shield TVs now, and okay, they're semi expensive, uh, like compared to like a Roku. The cheapest one I think is 150, and the most expensive is 200 compared to. So, you know, compared to like a Roku that's you can get for as low as 30, it's right, right. But the cheap Rokus don't seem to have the <laughs> the quality either. So, <clears throat> so yeah, NVIDIA Shield is what Robbie got one too. And I want to mention this because I, I hooked up Robbie, Hans, Robbie over here on the stream. I hooked him up on my uh, Plex server and I said, you got to listen to it on your surround sound in your, your basement. I said, it's going to blow you away. And he watched the same video on um, that he streamed from uh, YouTube and then mm -hmm. streamed or not YouTube on uh, Netflix or something. I don't know what it was. And then streamed it on the Plex server and was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. I'm, I'm so, Googling NVIDIA Shield right now. And my Internet slowed down when I did that. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to check that out. That Robbie, sounds pretty cool. Huge. It, it is. It is absolutely undeniable difference but you have to be able to have something that uh that can stream. so anyway i hate that we're changing quality for convenience 
We don't need to do that. We can have both. Um, now you I see, did have the hard one. So here's where we we should change. Um, we should focus more on high quality audio in our home theaters and focus less on increasing the screen resolution. Uh, yes. The idea of 4K and even now 8K screen resolution is absolutely absurd. And honestly, it's just about the dumbest thing on the face of the earth. I don't see the need for anything more than 1080p. And I know that's an unpopular opinion, but I got a good reason for my unpopular opinion. And that's because our eyeballs are the limiting factor on what we can see. Uh, just like the people who try to tell you they have tweeters that can play, play to 40,000 hertz. Great. I can't hear anything above 10. I'm in my 40s. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Um, oh, geez. And, That's funny. And, and the thing with um, high-resolution video is the trade-off is, is the distance to the screen and the size of the screen. So if you have a 1080p TV sitting in your living room and you decide you want to go up to 4K, You've either got to go to a massive screen, like going from a 40 inch to an 80 inch screen, or you got to move from six feet away to three feet away. And so basically at that point, your, you know, your knees are on your screen so that you can actually see the resolution. And so if you want to go with a 4K TV, great. Don't buy anything smaller than an 85 inch screen or you're not going to be able to see the difference. And it's, so it's, it's absurd. It's funny that you say that because. So I bought a 24 inch um, 4K monitor at one point in time. It's actually sitting there on the ground right now. It's not being used, but I changed resolution to 1080 because at 4K <clears throat> that size, everything was like tiny. Everything was. I mean, you could <laughs> you could enlarge it, but it just didn't make it didn't it didn't do anything. And here's the deal, and this is something that everyone does, and we've talked about this, but. Audio, when we're talking about audio or video right now with 4K, the problem is, and same thing happened with 3D, the problem is everyone thinks they have to have it, so everyone pushes it out. Like if you're a TV manufacturer or whatever, right, you push it out, and then when you push it out, it's subpar quality. So when you try to buy a 4K television and you watch 4K on a lot of cheaper televisions, it looks like junk. Like it really, especially if you're looking for something with HDR or something, the HDR is terrible. And, and then you're like, oh, I don't like 4k. And then you're like, I need something better. Oh, let's get 8k. Let's get, you know, and, and you're right. We don't need to keep changing resolutions. There's a certain size screen that you have to have and a certain distance away that you need to be, to be able to tell a difference. And I think we were talking about this earlier. The only way, the only reason why I would see someone get an 8k is if they have a projector and they're doing a big screen, like 120 inch, 200 inch and above, you know, I've got a I've got a couple of things I noticed in the chat. I noticed that Mullins performance is in the chat. And if you don't know, he is an he's an old school competition winner in the car stereo world and has recently started posting some videos to YouTube. I've caught a few of them. So if you're not following him, I would recommend following him. Um, Abstract Acoustics mentioned that he's uh, put some videos up of his table saw. So we've got a lot of people oh. in our chat that are part of part of the creator community as well. They're out there making videos. It's it's hard to get people to watch your videos. Uh, so check them uh, out. You know, check them out. Uh, if you like what they're doing, watch their videos. If you don't, well, watch someone else's. <laughs> but give at least check them out. But never watch regular guy audio. <laughs> I haven't seen one of his videos in a while. No, uh, he, a, he, he has one where he was. He doesn't want you to promote it. 
<laughs> he had one where he was showing off just how bad a Memphis audio subwoofer was, how it didn't seem to be able to handle its rated power. So that was the last one of his that I saw. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't doubt that at all, actually. Um, I, so anyway, uh, so anyway, what are we looking? So let, so we talked about the no streaming. I want to talk a little bit about something I really love because I feel like we've been like so down. It's a new year. We should be, you know, we should be more upbeat. We should be happy about things. I want to smile some more for this year. So maybe we're smile some more. I'm going to talk about something I really love. And this has been a trend that has come out really the last year more than anything else that's really becoming popular. And I, I, and I have a feeling more people are going to start doing it because I think that there is a need and a desire for it. And this is with DIY audio. And I want to talk about hybrid drivers or what I consider hybrid drivers. Um, some people might call them uh extended frequency drivers, but something like the Dayton Epic or the Cartesian four inch, they're considered subwoofers because they can go very low, especially for their size, but they can also go up into the frequency range to be crossed over as like a two way system. And <clears throat> that to me is really exciting because that has the potential to make some really great smaller speakers, especially if you can, you know, use some type of passive radiator with them. And that's, um, you know, that's when a passive radiator is at its best. You want to use a passive radiator when you've got a small enclosure and, and it's just not really reasonable to try to squeeze a port into that enclosure. Uh, he, he, regular guy audio is talking about using the epics and the T lines, which I would, I, I actually am getting ready to uh, start my, my Epic build soon and that's going to be really darn cool so i'm excited what's the about that. uh what's the free air resonance of that of that driver oh i you know what i couldn't tell you but uh hmm. i could tell you that i mean it gets down to like the 30s if i don't remember if i remember correctly i haven't i have i have everything saved i haven't looked at it in a while because i've been uh i just finished the cinema tens um last week uh, or actually it was a couple weeks ago, but I didn't, I was working on the, I don't know. I was working on the, I don't know if you guys saw, but I, I built a, a, um, a guitar amplifier and I was working on getting that one out and that one came out, but yeah, this one actually uses the multiple magnets. It's got 14 millimeters of excursion for a five and a half inch or seven inch actually has the same amount. of excursion. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of excursion. I know, and 200 watts RMS power. I mean, it's crazy. They say the frequency range is uh, 30 to 4,000, which would make sense because resonant frequency is 40 hertz. <clears> so, <throat> you know, you usually tune a little either above or below that. So, um, it it get it gets, I mean, and it can move a lot of air, and it doesn't need a huge cabinet either necessarily. I mean, I'm going to be doing two of them uh, to make it. They're dual four ohm, so I'll make it a. It's going to end up being a probably a four ohm speaker when it's all said and done. But it, I don't know. I I like these extended range. I think that there's a lot of potential for a lot of cool things. Excellent. Anytime, anytime we can get closer to like just one speaker doing it all. Right. Right. I don't have much experience with them, but I'd like to give them a try sometime. If I need to talk parts express into sending some of those out. Yeah, I bet those five and a quarters in a car would be pretty. You know, awesome. I was I was thinking thinking about um, how cool would it be to take some passive radiators and uh, put them in a 
you know, put them in a door, uh, a door pod and maybe make a, a Dinah's inside of a car door. Oh, that would be awesome. Actually, that would be cool. You know what? Like you could easily do like the, the, at least even just the subwoofer part easily. And uh, I mean, it doesn't take up much room at all. So Deviant for Life, I used Justin's affiliate link and bought the Craig tool fence and circus saw. So I didn't have to buy a crappy or I'll be doing First of all, I just want to say thank you for that because that really does help. Like me and Justin, we will both thank you profusely for doing that because it really does. It doesn't cost you anything, but it helps us out a lot. Oh, immensely, immensely. I've lost track of the number of um, uh, Louis oscilloscopes that I've sold on Amazon. <laughs> and every time someone clicks on one of those, I get about two bucks. And it's like, that's $2 I can put towards the, the lights and the microphones and all the stuff that I need to put the channel together. I've stopped. I've, I, I thought I'd spend a lot of money on audio equipment being a YouTuber, but I spend far much more on just things like lights so that I can try to make things look slightly better. Hasn't worked yet, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> So, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that because I feel like there's, you know, well, actually I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go off topic. Have you ever had a love hate relationship with something like where you with love something? Things. Yeah. Like I love Mountain Dew. I hate that. I have to drink it all the time. Right. I'm getting tired. One of the things I'm going to try to get off caffeine this year. Try. But okay. love, love hate relationship. Right. I love how caffeine keeps me awake. I hate that. Like my body eventually gets dependent on it. Like that type of stuff. Get a headache if you go a day without it. Yeah, I, I actually don't get that problem, but I know people that do. But here's the problem with the love-hate relationship. There's things in audio that I absolutely love and absolutely hate at the same time. I'm gonna talk I got about a couple of those. Inexpensive speakers. Inexpensive speaker and let's just say inexpensive audio equipment. Of any type. Any type, yeah. Headphones, speakers, uh drivers, right? Like I love that we can buy a 15 inch MX 15 that can go down to 20 Hertz, shake your walls, be amazing for movie theater for like 200 bucks. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I hate that you can buy like 20 million, 15 inch, $200 subwoofers and you never know which one's a good one. Right. Right. You don't know which one's good until you've bought it and tried it. And even then you might not know because what are you comparing it against? Yeah. There's like, so it's that love hate relationship, right? There's, so many inexpensive things that you can buy now. I hate that 98% of it is crap. Right. And the only way to know is to buy it and find out. Uh, just like that um, stupid sound bar that that company sent me back, uh, back in October. You're never going like, talking about that. Man, that thing was such a piece of junk. And, and you know, they were so condescending when I emailed them and told them, you know, this thing doesn't match the picture. Oh, sure it does. It's like, you gaslighting me. I mean, I'm, I don't appreciate that crap. But there are people out there who are buying that who don't maybe realize what they're getting is garbage. And there's no way to know if you're getting a good product until after you bought it, tested it, um, and made sure it was good. And, and it's not just speakers. It's everything. It's one reason why I got into doing my own installs in the car is because there are some really good car stereo shops out there that charge really great prices to do really high quality work. And then there are some that charge even more and then they just tape things together instead of solder and shrink wrap. Right. No, you're right. And so, and there's also people like Andrew Jones, like Andrew Jones, when he was with pioneer, I love the fact that he created those, I don't know, what were they like $150 tower speakers or something that sounded yeah, yeah. significantly better than like 500 or a thousand, a lot of $500,000 speakers. And yet, you know, he made them for Pioneer, which let's just be honest, about two years ago, 
or five, well, whenever he built those for Pioneer. Pioneer was an afterthought in home audio. No one right. listened to Pioneer home audio speakers. No. So, no. and then and then he did the same and thing no, with I Eli. Mean, you know, in car audio, other than their head units and they, you know, some good bang for the buck amplifiers. But I don't know if a lot of people are they're just dying to buy the latest Pioneer subwoofer, the latest Pioneer component speakers. They're not bad. They just don't have any thing going no. for them. Or Android head units. There's a million head, Android head, head units. And there's about 999,000 that are terrible. <laughs> right? And so that um, Atoto, a, uh, I've got a video on the Atoto. You should take a look at it if you guys haven't seen it. That one has Android Auto, Apple CarPlay, Linux-based. For what it's worth, awesome. You know, I think it's like 200 bucks, 10-inch screen. That's amazing. I could grab a thousand other ones off of Amazon for 200 bucks and they're probably all would go in the trash. I, you know, the same thing. I mean, I think about the, just a mountain of speakers that are available on something like parts express. If you just go and look at their, you know, three inch, four inch drivers, there's tons of them. Eh, Some of them aren't that good. No, you're right. I have some and some speakers right over there that I hate, but which ones, um, which ones are the ones you hate? If you do, if you want to, if you want to say, you know what, it's one that a lot of people like. I just don't like them. I, if you use them within a limited range, they're all right. They're the um, uh, Funtech uh, FE85s, oh. which um, I think it's Jeff Bagby actually built a really cool um, speaker with them. But in the long range, I don't really like them. They're also used on some very high-end speakers. They're on the um, Bonick EW5s. Gotcha. Uh, once again, they're they're not great speakers. They're they're okay. Um, is the trend in surround sound systems going to follow Sony HTA9 style? I'm not sure what that is, but I will say this. Um, I love the trend that people are trying to get better sound in their house. There used to be everyone just listens to their TV, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I hate the trend that almost everyone is going to some type of soundbar simulated surround sound because it's, I understand it, but compared to actual surround sound, it's just not very good. Well, it's the convenience versus fidelity issue, right? It's that's always the issue because convenience is important. You know, you have to go out of the way to get good sound. I, I agree. All right. It's not easy. Here's something I've got a little bit of a love-hate relationship with. Oh, uh, 3D excited. printing. <laughs> 3D printing. I would like to get into 3D printing, but I don't want to have to learn how to do one more damn thing. You know, there are just other things I think I'd rather learn how to do. Um, it's cool as all get out. I can see the use for it, but it's not for me. Someone else can do the 3D printing. So here's the deal. I love... 3D printing if someone else has already designed it. <laughs> if I don't have to design it, it's fantastic. It's great, man. I, I hit a button and it prints and I go do whatever I want and I'm done. If I have to design it, I'm probably like you. I'd rather just be in the workshop and just do it. At, um, if I have to print 3D printer parts for my 3D printer, I'm out. <laughs> no uh, thanks. Oh, I agree. And that's why, man, I'll tell you what, that focus... Focus. It's called Focus. It's F O K O O S. Odin Five. Take a look at it. if you guys. <laughs> are you sure you're pronouncing a, that right? Are you sure it's not pronounced? 
No, it's it is different. Odin for sure. No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you sure it's yeah. focus? <laughs> it's definitely Odin. Definitely is Odin. Like, <laughs> is it like the Falcon <laughs> Islands? You know, it's <laughs> it's Odin. I know what you're saying. Okay. It's it is focus Odin. Focus. Okay, focus. Just focus on what I'm saying. <laughs> I know I, other people have said that too. Are you sure it's not the other F word? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so uh the only thing I didn't like about it is it came with a glass bed, and I, I swapped that out for 10 bucks for uh I like the magnetic beds you can take out. But anyway, that printer, if you haven't seen the video, is amazing. It comes already assembled. You put four screws in it and it just kind of flips up and then you put them in the from day one, I have not had to change a thing on that thing, and it printed perfectly. It's the first 3D printer I've ever been able to say that about. Even even my uh, much more expensive Ender, I had to do some things on. Gotcha. So it, Audio Systems Specialist has a question. Did you see it? Yeah. What part would be ideal for 3D print if not the entire cabinet? I like his, uh, look what he's got for a speaker. You know what that is? Uh, I can't tell. That's the um, six six uh, inch. Um, oh, shoot. Who makes that? It's basically the same thing as Epic. They're, they're the, why can I, I lost my <clears throat> train of thought now, but, uh, well, he'll tell us. It's Purify. Yep. It's ah, Purify. Okay. Um, and they're, they're another one that does the exact same thing as Epic. That's a really exciting speaker to see. Um. I would say tweeter pods. I would not do yeah. a whole cabinet. In, in a car, the tweeter mount, but you're not going to make it out of PLA because that stuff's going to get hot in the car and it's going to melt and sag. You're going to need to use ABS. Yeah. Well, the other thing is once you have it printed, you can then use it as like a shell. A template. And you can also, yeah. And you can do uh, like some type of fiberglass or something to it. Ah, so all the work of fiberglass and all the work of 3D printing. Well, kind of, except if, if you already have it pretty much done, right? There's not really that much really to do with the fiberglass part, right? Just get the hardened. I don't know. I don't really fiberglass. Seems like let me. Um, yeah, Hexyblaze did. Re so here's the deal. You can 3D print some boxes, but let's be honest. If anyone's heard a plastic speaker versus a speaker in MDF or something else, you, you can tell a difference. We lost Justin. All right. Justin did not like what you guys had to say. Sorry, regular guy audio. But you're right. Hexabase did do that. It's pretty, and it is cool to do. Smaller speakers is fine, probably anything without a lot of bass. The other thing that's good with 3D print is like amplifier. Like when you get those DIY amplifiers, build like boxes and stuff. Like that's always cool to do. So I wanted to show, show you this. Um, oh, yeah. These uh, showed up in the mail today. And this is a generic dual six and a half inch speaker pod from um, customspeakerpods.com. Uh, so they, I, they, they, they've been chatting with me on Facebook a little bit, a few technical questions they wanted to ask me. And uh, they said, hey, we'll send you some pods. And so they sell these. Uh, they kind of look like, uh, if you can get the thing on the whole screen here, um, they kind of look like a pair of like dog food bowls, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> But they're a, a, a nice ABS plastic. They're not very rigid. They kind of twist this way, but they have the strength kind of where you need it. And the basic idea is they sell they sell them for like a bunch of different cars. And um, so they got them custom fit for probably any, almost any mainstream vehicle that, you know, all the pickup trucks and stuff that everybody seems to drive. And this is their generic one. And so if you've got a flat surface, 
you can just connect that to that flat surface and you can have a pod. No need to 3D print. No need to fiberglass it. They've got a six inch uh, single pod as well that they sent me that I thought was kind of cool. That is cool. And um, the other cool thing they sent me, they said, hey, let me just send you one that fits your vehicle. So they sent me this one. It's a dual six and a half inch. And there's two of them. They're mirror image, one for the right and one for the left. And so I think I'm going to try to connect like a dual six and a half in my truck sometime soon. We should, so, um, we should see if those uh, seven inch um, epics fit. Oh, yeah. That would be cool. Are those in there? You know, yeah. That'd be, that'd be sick. Um, and so the idea here is they sell for the Dodge truck, they sell a, a, a pod for a six and a half and an eight. So it's a, a six and a half and an eight in the same pod. Oh, and cool. after you bolt this to your door card, it's just as rigid as the door panel itself. Uh, I think you got to do some cutting. I think this isn't very deep, you'll notice. So I'm thinking you have to cut a little bit in order to get the speakers in. So you're going to, you know, tear up your, uh, it's customspeakerpods.com, I think, if I'm getting it right. Um, I can't believe I'm, I hope I'm, hope I'm getting it right. Someone Google that for me, make sure I've got it. I've seen their ads all over Facebook lately, uh, but custom speaker pods.com. Um, and so that, um, I don't know. Why do you, why do I need a 3d printer when I can buy these from that guy? And why would I spend hours building speaker pods? Um, audio system specialist. Yeah. I'd probably dynamat the inside a little bit. Wouldn't hurt. And that's the great point that, you know, you're bringing up is a lot of times you can buy it cheaper and, and it depends if you have the time. And something that uh, True Voice of Reason said is like it took, uh, I think it it, it took uh, that guy three days to print his boxes, and some of that has to do oh, with hexabase, lot, yeah hexabase, and uh, some of the problems that a lot of people don't realize with three D printing is you pick, and it depends if you have any knowledge about it, but you pick the amount of infill that the size. So it's basically an outer shell, an inner shell, and then you pick the fill. So a lot of people just have the belief that it's it's just complete plastic all inside, and it's not. It's hollow on the inside. It just depends on what percentage hollow it is. Um, and most people do about a 20% infill, which means about 80% is hollow and 20% is filled in. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah, his, his infills, it has to be. If you're doing a three-day build, your, your infill is going to be heavy. My point being is that most people that are going to 3D print an enclosure are not going to do 100% infill because it costs a lot. And well, not a lot, relatively speaking, it costs a lot in your material spent. And then it also takes a lot of time. So, you know, but you're right. It's a balance. It's a love hate relationship. And I, I completely agree with you. All right. I'm just reading the chat. Lots of, uh, Lots of uh, good stuff in the chat. The notorious RVH has shown up. Well, we have a couple minutes, and I do want to talk about one more thing that I absolutely hate that I we didn't get to. It's about home audio. But I feel like this is I, – I also feel like this is the same in car audio. Although, you know what? I'm going to mention one quick trend. We don't have to talk about it, but one quick trend I do love in car audio. I bought a – I got a car head unit recently, and – there's a little bit of DSP in it now where I can change the cue and the frequency and all that to DSP. Right. And that's like pretty cool. I, I mean, that's pretty amazing. It's built right in the head unit. Now, the thing that I hate is if you look at home audio nowadays and you look at receivers, you are almost always 
going to have an issue finding RCA pre-outs unless you get their highest end version of their receiver. So why would you care about that? RCA pre-outs are Yeah, used- it would be nice to have RCA pre-outs uh, so you could hook up the external amplifiers. I mean, that's it. Yeah, because now you're just stuck with whatever junk that they put in there. And most of the time, I'm not... I'm not hating. I mean, they're they're better than a lot of things, and they're much better than they were years and years ago. Well, to a certain degree. But you're stuck with whatever they have. Or if a channel goes out in your receiver, you're stuck buying a new receiver, right? Because you can't, you don't have your RCA pre-outs anymore. So, but if you want to use your $1,000 amplifiers, your ice power or something with more power to it because you got better towers that need more power, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yep. All right. So things I like. All right. I'm talking about, I talk, I feel like I talk about things I dislike, but I won't talk about things I do like. If that's no, all that's, right with you. Let's just, no, I want to leave it on things you don't like. I don't. I don't okay. Sure. To. Fine then. We'll just, just I'll, I'll, um, I'm loving, here's a trend that I'm seeing more and more that I'm loving in the car world. And that is clip lights on amplifiers. Mm. I'm seeing more amplifiers, uh, Rockford Fosgate, their prime series. They've started putting a clip light on those. So the prime is their entry level and they're great amplifiers. I wouldn't, I mean, they, they sound fine. They make good power. I don't see why someone would get anything more expensive than a rock for Fosgate prime, but they've all got clip lights on them. Now, everything that uh, JP is putting out uh, the down for sound amplifiers, they've got clip lights on the amp and on the bass knob audio controls, putting clip lights on their amplifiers. I'm looking forward to the day when everyone puts a clip light on an amplifier and that way we don't have to worry about setting our gains. We know, we know where it's clipping. I apologize for the background noise. My cat has found a box and is (laughs) making a bunch of noise. (laughs) No, you're fine. You know, and that is true because she may be trapped. I might have to go rescue her. (laughs) Sorry. There's a lot of people that ruined both their amps and their drivers from clipping so it's nice to be able to know now the only question is can you trust those clip lights oh you know i mean it's better than nothing as as long as it's accurate (laughs) otherwise you're trusting you're you're putting a false trust in something right i mean that's the way i look at it you're like oh yeah oh yeah that is that is true that is true but i mean can you trust anything right i mean everything i can trust everything anyone said i i only trust everything you say you pretty much have changed (laughs) my belief on everything in life (laughs) (laughs) so i will say this too all right so we're talking about trends that we love and hate and i want to go back to amplifiers because i mentioned something i hate but there is a trend i love that is on amplifiers. And I know it's something that you love too, although in car audio. So let me talk about the one that I love. Onkyo and Pioneer. I love that they have started putting Dirac Live DSP in their higher end flagship home theater receivers. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I mean, can we get like, what? I mean, that's awesome. man. Dirac Live is just, so I, I'm super excited. And they're not crazy expensive. I mean, I think they're like right around a thousand dollars, maybe a little bit more than that, which I'm not saying is cheap necessarily. Because you know, you can get a home theater receiver now for like 150 bucks, but it's not out of this world. When we were talking about this, how much does the Dirac Live upgrade on a mini DSP? Well, I, I happen to know because I did some research on that. 
and I just so happened right here in front of me happened to have a um, mini DSP 8x12 still in the, the plastic. I haven't even gotten out of the plastic yet. And so I ordered wait, the... Wait, uh, wait, mini wait, wait. You're saying you've never touched the outside of that mini DSP. You're about to watch it for the first time. Whoa. It's an ASMR. Whoa. So this is uh, the mini DSP 8x12. And the beauty about mini DSP is, is really their software. Um, I don't know how user-friendly it is, but their beauty is their software. Yeah. Um, now the cat's attacking my, uh, <laughs> my, my cords here. Um, so this right here, I didn't get the, uh, the direct live, uh, upgrade, uh, but after I bought it, I'm going to try it out with the room EQ wizard for a little bit. And then after I've done that, made a couple of videos, I'm going to pay 300 bucks for the upgraded software. So this will have the direct live. I've already got the microphone. I've already have it on hand. So I don't have to upgrade the mic. Um, and, uh, and so I'm excited about seeing how this is going to set up. I'm going to do the, a kind of a rebuild in the truck to get to fit. What's the cost? So it's going to be a few months before I'm really going this off much on the channel. Was, uh, standalone unit was five or 600 bucks. It's really the cheapest 12 channel DSP on the market. Um, so it's five or 600 bucks standalone. And then you add direct live, which is an additional 300. So half of that unit is an additional for right right and so if you're buying a thousand dollar home theater um receiver with direct live on it that's a better deal than this because that thing has an amplifier and i mean AJC, ajc's even mentioned like from buying directly from direct for multi-speaker it's five hundred dollars and you can upgrade it to multi later yeah i'm not sure right I mean, that's buying right. directly it's from direct yeah, it's software. You can upgrade. You can upgrade to different levels later. But that's the thing, right? So when you're talking about a thousand dollar receiver and five hundred dollars of it is software, basically, it's not for them, but it would be for you. It's not that bad, you know. When you think about it, you're basically buying a five hundred dollar receiver with five hundred dollars worth of software in it. And, and yes, uh, El Fuego, the the cat is a three legged cat. Uh, Coco, the three legged cat. Um. <laughs> <laughs> she she lost her leg when she decided she should climb into the engine bay of my pickup truck. And that ended badly inexpensive for both of us. Oh man, feel bad for her. I I would have had the mini DSP several years earlier if it weren't for that. <laughs> I wonder sometimes right. if I'd be able to have that or the cat. So you know, some people just unsubscribed. <laughs> That's all good. I'm joking. Um, no, yeah, and I, I mean, that's kind of the thing, though, with your DSP, it's becoming better, it's becoming cheaper, and it's becoming a lot easier to obtain. And the fact that we can get something like Dirac Live in a receiver nowadays, a consumer-based receiver, is huge because you used to have to hire companies to really come out there and do that type of stuff for you. Now, DSP necessarily isn't, new on on home theater receivers right like they've had odyssey and coupling but direct live is a whole nother level and if you're not familiar with direct live you guys need to really look up on that because that's a much it's 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 a whole nother level and it's a good thing but you had mentioned even in car audio there's some trends with dsp that you like 
oh, the auto-tuning DSPs in general. Um, um, the kicker key, for example. And the kicker key, I mean, it's 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 I like kicker. I mean, I'm wearing kicker gear and got my kicker koozie and everything here. So um, you know, kickers, kickers a great company. But uh, the JBL, you know, Harmon Harmon Cardon beat beat kicker to the game with their auto-tuning um DSP amplifier with their um JBL MS8 ages ago, probably a decade ago when that thing came out. Um, but that's a good thing. The idea of auto tuning DSP and more DSP in cars. I mean, even my, you know, I don't know how old my, uh, my, um, Alpine CD player is, but it's got the DSP section on it. That's phenomenal. It's got a 10 band, fully parametric equalizer. You can change the frequency and the Q, uh, as well as the boost on that thing, uh, more than I could ever really use time alignment crossovers. Uh, there's just so much control we have now that years ago you had to buy standalone equipment from a company like Audio Control to even get that kind of control. You're absolutely right. And I'm going to argue with you because I actually hate auto DSP unless there's an unless there. I hate auto tune DSP unless you can easily and conveniently make changes. Because auto DSP is not the end all be all. It should be a good starting point for you. And then you'll still need to make some changes. So I have an Onkyo receiver upstairs, an older Onkyo receiver upstairs. It's not that old. It's probably five years old. Um, and that one, like it, after it does the auto tune for your speakers, like it's impossibly hard to, uh, you can change it, but it's really hard to get it to change. And then it, then it also like takes away things when you ch- it's weird. But I have a I have a Marantz downstairs. I can do anything to it. after I tune it. I'm like I can go in there and change like anything, which is great because you're you can't you can't assume it's just going to be perfect the first time. No, no, you can't. Um, it's um, I mean it's. <laughs> The ability to make those adjustments, I think, really, really matters. Um, you know, that and uh, things like the kicker key, for example, being just a four-channel setup, it really does limit what you can do. You can run it in a four-channel mode, or you can learn it in like what, what Pioneer would call network mode. Um, you know, a, a kicker key can't tune a you know a three-way front stage with rear fill and a subwoofer, whereas you know <laughs> this puppy can. <laughs> um, and you know what's cool? Mini DSP, they've got actually a, 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 an amplifier. Uh, it's, it's 40 watts per channel, 12 channels, 40 watts per channel. That's oh, wow. just over $1,000. I do believe it is direct live capabilities as well. So, And that one's interesting. That, that one can actually be used as a line driver if you want to run external amplifiers. You just flick a switch somewhere in the software, and now your amplified output channel is, uh, is a preamp channel. See, that's pretty cool. I like I'd that. love to see that on a home theater receiver where you could, where you could flip a, flick a switch and it goes from a, you know, a high output um, amplified channel to a, to a, to a line driver preamp channel. I don't know. I, I don't know why you would need it. Well, you wouldn't need RCA outputs then you could just run some RCA adapters from your speaker outputs to your amplifier. Yeah, but you're still, you're still running it through the amplifier section where the pre-outs usually are separate. So you would hope that you'd get a cleaner signal through the pre-outs, I would imagine. Uh, you know, I don't, the you know, that's, well, you did gain a pre-out. I, you know, and I might be wrong on that. That's just what I, what I, my first thought is, is that 
you might be adding a little bit of distortion there. Audio system specialist says the new Denon has a preamp mode. Hmm. I need to look into that. So I'll, I'll tell you what, what model Denon is that. He also mentioned earlier that, Hey, if you're looking at the ones with direct live, they do have pre outs and he's right. They do have pre outs. So it's almost a win-win there, which really it should. I mean, if you're going that high with direct live, it, I should have that. Well, we are rapidly running out of time. Rapidly. He said uh, the X85HA2. Excellent. We'll have to look into I, that. I wonder if there was a first part of that. Because <laughs> two is like T-O-O, not the number two. So. <laughs> <laughs> Pile has the same thing. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Justin, you came out with a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you What do you have coming up next on your channel, Nick? Well, I'm going to mention first, if you guys haven't seen the guitar amplifier video, uh, take a look at that. It's pretty cool. It was my first time ever doing a guitar amplifier. So um, take a look, share it. Give me your thoughts. I really appreciate hearing what you guys would think about it. Uh, it has a nice vintage look to it. I really, I really liked it. Um, now, the next thing coming out is the cinema 10 uh, that should be coming out this week. And I'll tell you what, the cinema 10 came out so much better than I thought it was going to. They're designed to be rear surrounds for surround sound, although they would work really good as a center. In fact, even front sound stage, you could do all five of these and they're cheap to build. Um, but with that waveguide and that woofer being almost the exact same size and that being, a I mean, you get like off axis, I mean, you can almost go to the exact like corner, like side of the speaker and still get the exact same, almost the exact same frequency response as you are directly in front. I mean, it's unbelievable. So he said, those are for my rear surrounds, right? No, they're not for your rear. They're for my rear surrounds. No. <laughs> they, they, they came out a lot better than I thought they would. So the cinema 10, that video will be out sometime this week though, because I'm going to be, uh, they're they're finished. I just need to edit and uh, get the plans together. Excellent, excellent. I'm I don't have anything filmed yet, uh, but I am working on uh, some scripts for some videos. Uh, I'm going to working on a video to kind of explain um, why it is your amplifier, whether it's car or home, is not going to get the same amount of power when playing real music, not going to produce the same power when playing real music as you would get on something like say an amp dyno. And that's based on a concept called power factor. Um, and so there's a video that I'm working on that will discuss that and hopefully provide a little bit of information and education to some people about how AC electricity works. Oh, nice. Now you're going to talk about DC electricity? Uh, probably not, little, no. No AC, DC? Just no, just maybe, DC. maybe DC or Marvel, maybe. Oh, DC or Marvel. I like that. That's a good idea, actually. <laughs> You'd probably get a million views on it just there. Just don't tell them you're talking about power. And put it in terms of DC Thor versus, versus the Marvel of AC. <laughs> yeah. Is there is there anyone else that does lightning? There's to Thor, a uh, black black lightning, right? Thor, black light. Oh, and the Flash. Thor oh yeah, there the you Flash. go. There you go. Thor versus the Flash. Then you'd be like, bam, AC versus DC, and you can name one Thor, one Flash. And you could go good, and you probably will not get in trouble with anyone, especially if you use their pictures without their consent. <laughs> Awesome. Well, all right. right that's, that's all I've got for tonight. Me too, guys. Um, I really, oh, 
Hey, next week we're going to take a break. Is that right, Nick? Yes. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be celebrating my wife's birthday next week, and we will be back on my channel in two weeks' time. And with a little bit of luck, we're going to have a special guest lined up. And all I'm going to say about the potential is special guest I think it is? is that it's someone that no one has ever interviewed on a live stream before. Oh, for some reason, I was thinking it was the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Was it? Is it I wish. Oh. I thought that's who you got for us. That well, maybe it maybe could be. It is. Has you anyone ever interviewed them on a car audio live stream? <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, so maybe it is. Yeah, they love car audio. I heard, and home audio more though. That works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye. I do believe that Nick has um, left the stream without ending the show. So that's the second time that he's done that. Uh, <laughs> I'm starting off the year wrong. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and he's back. It's the return of this time. <laughs> that's, that's our new running gag, isn't it? That's, no. that's... Oh, it's just me being smart. <laughs>